You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. In this world of turmoil, you're struggling to find energetic balance, and you panic because your spirituality is not where you desire it to be. Yet creating a powerful foundation of empowerment is what you know you can achieve. Hi, I am Martin Neal Campbell, author of the book Receiving the Gift We Give, which is available on Amazon eBooks and my website, receivingthegiftwegive.com. I invite you to uncover your power and greatly expand your energies by embracing your divine self. Sovereign Self is about individual empowerment and freedom. In exploring this sovereign self, our discussions will encompass self-love, oneness, and diverse spiritual understandings as life is a journey of expansion which never ends. Join author Martin Neil Campbell, trainer and business facilitator Karen Murphy, and spiritual archaeologist Ron Mayer as their discussions help lead their listeners into an ever-expanding journey of peace, love, joy, and freedom to become who you desire and be your sovereign self. Welcome to Sovereign Self. I'm your host, Martin Neil Campbell, and your two fabulously divine and absolutely wondrous, as always, co-hosts are Karen Murphy and Ron Mayer. Say hello, guys. Hello, everybody. Welcome, folks. Yes. And on this program of Sovereign Self, we're going to talk about fall equinox and how that ties in to giving thanks. And before I get there, I'll just say that, as you know, Karen is our queen of gratitude. <laughs> so we will wait to see what she says about the introduction when I finish. Oh, goodness. <laughs> While we are being subjected to all sorts of high energies at this time, and I have said on many an occasion that we must let go of the past and move on. Nevertheless, there are many things that people do year after year that can still serve us. Giving thanks during the fall equinox is one of these traditions. For generations, autumn is the time of giving thanks. September 22, 2017, this year, is the fall equinox in the Northern Hemisphere. The spring equinox is September 23rd, 2017 in Australia, just so you know and think about the opposite end of the world for seasons. But on the equinox, day and night, dark and light are balanced, and night and day are equal. And while many of us don't celebrate Thanksgiving on this day, it is nonetheless a good day to use as a reminder to ourselves to give thanks. While I personally believe we should give thanks every day, the pagans actually had it quite right. The equinox is a great time to give thanks. Not only does it naturally occur every year, but we are reminded of it through multiple forms of media, which makes it real easy to remember. Plus, it adds another day of giving thanks, which energetically, spiritually and personally, is important and far too often overlooked. Thanksgiving the day itself, whenever you celebrate it, is a busy holiday. Everyone is rushing around to visit people and preparing large meals. For many, it is a very hectic time. The fall equinox can be used by each of us to create peace, calm, and a deep gratitude. It's a different day than Thanksgiving, so we can use it as a time to personally reflect on the abundance in our lives. This doesn't necessarily mean material or monetary wealth, but it can. However, 
always remember that you're probably quite abundant if you have friends who love you, family, and a career you like, or whatever makes you thankful. We all have a list. And it is always the right time to give thanks for why you are grateful. You know, you can be thankful for your health, children, job, your garden, friends, or partner. You can even be thankful for a good joke you heard that day that made you laugh. Anything that brings you peace and joy makes a good list for thanking the universe. When you take the time to think about it, the list could be endless. And this is a great time to use the equinox to cultivate a greater expression of thankfulness for everything in your life. Consider the people in your life that are grateful towards you as well. Grateful for the things you have done. Recognize that gratitude is a gift that keeps on giving. Count your blessings, as they will remind you of how fortunate you really are. It's important to let those people who have made us happy know that they have done so. If there's someone specific you wish to thank for their words or actions, take the time to tell them or write them a personal letter telling them how much they have added to your joy in life. It's also a time of balance and reflection, following the theme of, of course, equal hours of light and dark. It's a time to come from your heart with love. This can be achieved in multiple ways. I always look at the equinox as an opportunity for creating love and balance in your heart. And there are many ways to do it. I'll just list some off. You know, bless other people. Not just through your prayers, but through action. It's a good time to give those less fortunate than ourselves. If you're blessed with abundance, give to those who aren't. Another one, invite friends over and create a meal from local seasonal foods. That time of year, or this right, this time of year. But also ask each of your friends to bring a canned good, dry goods, or non-perishable item that you can all donate to a local food bank. Equinoxes are a great time to let go of the old, as I said, and begin something new. As the temperatures begin to cool, we begin to spend more time inside our home. Make a list of everything that we'd like to get done around the home. Fix something, clean, donate old clothes to charity, or rearrange the furniture. Whatever it is, after the equinox and getting into the cold weather, is the time to do it. And on those great fall days, sunny, cool, but lovely, take the family to a local farm, zoo, or park. Have a road trip to explore the fall colors. Get out and enjoy what nature in the season has to offer. If it is a really nice fall day, go on a nature walk and get your feet connected with Mother Earth once again. Another thing you can do is make a list of everything you're thankful for. That's a simple way to show gratitude, and it does bring balance and more abundance into your life. You know, do a ritual smudging is also a lot of people do that at this time of year in the, at the equinox, you know, using sage or sweetgrass or cedar and go through your home blessing each room. A last one I'd like to mention, because I always found it fun whenever I had a chance, was a bonfire is a great way to create celebration in the equinox. And you can play music, you can dance, you can sing, you can beat drums. You can have fun just warming up around the fire on a cool night. And, of course, always follow safety and local bylaws <laughs> and regulations so you don't start forest fires or other problems. <laughs> if you're not into any of that, just relax on the equinox. Meditate on life and what you're grateful for. 
and at the end give thanks. It's as simple as that. All of that will help you move into balance and more abundance. And gratitude is one of those things that we overlook far too much trying to up our energy or do this or do that. Giving thanks balances you quite well, and we should not forget that. So there you go. That's the introduction, short and sweet, I guess. I'm going to pick on you, Karen. Oh, goodness. Ah, the queen of gratitude. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Lovely introduction, Martin. Uh, it gives us a number of things to talk about. I love where you went around Thanksgiving. I have a couple of comments to make about that, um, as well as this whole concept of reflection and balance, because those are two areas that are really key for me. So when I think of the fall equinox, I definitely move into this is a time of balance, but moreover, a time of reflection. And for me, new beginnings for, for many, many years in my life, uh, for those of you that know me, I'm very much a spring person. Uh, I'm very, very close to Mother Earth, and I often look to spring to new shoots, new roots, new new um, growth, and that type of thing. And I always, as a kid growing up, saw fall, and it's interesting because I was born in the fall, so it's a rather interesting twist as I reflect back, that I always thought of fall as things dying off. I really never appreciated the beauty of, as Martin, you said, the fall colors. And in later years, and the, the more growth and the more expansion and more awareness that I'm feeling, I actually see it from a different perspective. And I think it, of it in terms of, yes, while we see green leaves falling off, we know that new roots are taking charge. New roots are getting growth and depth, and they are migrating for the winter and getting ready for the next spring. And without those new roots, we really have no sense of balance. So I think in terms of Mother Earth from that perspective, if that makes any sense at all, mm -hmm. I think the other thing that really flows for me is taking a look at this is a a huge time of reflection. And I think of it in terms that I mentioned earlier of new beginnings. And we talked last week about, you know, setting intentions and where are you at with things? And for me personally, I, I know the, the guys joke often about being the queen of gratitude. And folks, I was not always so grateful. Truth mm -hmm. be told. And now when I reflect on life, I think that being grateful for really small things opens my heart up to bigger things. Being grateful for, even though I may not understand it, and this might sound a little odd to some folks, but even though I don't understand something that might seem sad, a loss of a loved one, catastrophe of sorts within our universe, all of those things are very, very sad. And there was a time when I would kind of morph into that, oh, gosh, that's not so good. Now I look at it in terms of, and if you'll give me some latitude here, in terms of there is something to be learned by that. And I think that in my life, the way I practice it is I give gratitude for the really, really small things to start out with. And Martin, you gave some awesome ideas and, and thoughts about how people can be grateful and we can be grateful for friends and family um, not everyone has a roof over their head, so some may be grateful for a donation that someone gives them, uh, a hand up that someone gives them, 
or you might be grateful for that roof over your head or that meal that you're sharing with someone. And I know that a number of years ago, and I'd like to share this with our listeners. Uh, I, I can't even remember how many years ago. It might have been 10, 15 years ago. I, I can't actually recall, but I remember my family thinking I was like really weird. I would sit around the Thanksgiving table and you're right, Martin, it's a time of hustle and bustle. And usually the person that's putting on dinner is highly stressed. And with high stress comes um, a bit of aggravation and shortness. And now you've got this whole feeling of, ooh, this is really tension filled in this home. And yet today we're celebrating Thanksgiving. And I recall a number of years ago sitting around the dining room table and I started with, so we're all sitting here and we got some food. Let's go around the table and say what we're thankful for. And I remember the kids around the table looked at me like, okay, auntie's a little bit weird again. She's going to you know, bring up something we're just not really comfortable with. We just want to eat our meal. But I, I forced the issue. From that came a lot of, yes, gratitude, some sarcasm, lots of humor, and I just could feel everyone in the room and their hearts filling with that. And I'll never forget, I think it was my, my nephew who, who made a comment. My, my sister is a vegetarian. And uh, I think the comment went something around, we're very thankful that she learned how to cook. And <laughs> the whole room burst out laughing. But it was kind of funny because here she is cooking, you know, meat and she has no idea what it tastes like has no idea whether or not she's cooked it well. So there was humor. And I, I think that in giving gratitude, I firmly believe that we open up our hearts for all of those other emotions. And we've talked about the 31 expressions of love over the over the last number of weeks. And I firmly believe that when we give gratitude over small things, we give expansion to the welcoming of all of those other expressions of love. And that makes us in and of ourselves, expand and become more conscious and more connected with others in the universe. Yeah. For my take on all, on all of the, the, the uh, what we're experiencing today, having gratitude and being grateful is something that it, because things are changing so fast, I, for me, I often forget the power of gratitude and how that has a tendency to alleviate the fears that I have. Mm -hmm. There will be, with the changes that we're going through, and the changes are humongous these days, there is always a sense of being uncomfortable and a sense of uh, wariness and anxiety, angst, because there's all surprises that are coming up and how are, how are things going to unfold due to some of these surprises. Mm. There, there's a certain level of anxiousness that everybody is feeling. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, when I'm in that state of gratitude, and Martin, you said it really well, that's something that I used to do and I haven't done for a while, which is when I go to work, I begin to bless people, mm -hmm. take the time to really look at somebody. Don't be superficial with your your with your blessing. Right. There is something that I'm beginning to sense that when I'm authentically looking at somebody and I'm wanting to bless them. There is an intuitive impression that I can get from them that only occurs when I'm in that calm, appreciative state of mind where I'm not hurrying things. Then I begin to pick up things about the person 
that I'm actually blessing. It's amazing how truly we are all one and there is no barrier between us all. All the information that everybody has is always being emitted from them. So it's, it's, it's all there for you to tap into when you are in that calm, open state of mind. And for me, appreciation and gratitude and my awareness of being in that state of gratitude helps me be more empathic with, with people where mm-hmm. I, I can, I can pick up what it is that they're going through. And in many cases, it's not always pleasant. Some of the things that you end up picking up from these people. There, it can also be a trigger as to just sharing your energy. You don't have to say anything. Just your state of gratitude can also bring in a sense of ease and comfort to these people. Yep. You know, it's very interesting you said that. I'm finding the same thing because now that I'm taking mass transit <laughs> every day, <laughs> I never used to. I haven't been on subways and things for a decade. But no, I, I get on the mass transit system and I sit there and I look at all the people and I bless them all and I send them divine love and I just sort of keep blushing it out till it feels right, blushing it out till it gets to everyone in the whole train and then I do it again. And then I begin looking at people individually. And you're right, Ron. You have sort of an empathy for them. You have a feeling about them and you pick up things. It really yeah. endears me to them. So there oh. is a connection there that's and, – and none of it's – negative even even when i pick up someone that seems to be having problems and i can sense what it is i just have empathy for them mm-hmm. and yeah, i just send them more blessings that will occur only because you are martin doing the work at getting to know who you are when you get to know who you are and you can sense and pick up these impressions from other people mm. when they're in a negative state of mind if you're not doing the work it can trigger the same thing in you oh yeah where mm-hmm. you will react very belligerently towards somebody who's also in a very negative state of mind. And so Ron, if you, working, you know yeah. I, I did that for decades. <laughs> <laughs> and age 21. <laughs> Martin, I'm still finding that I'm doing that. I'm still yeah. finding that I, I – and I've been working on this for a long time now, <laughs> but I'm still finding – just the other day, there was an article that a lady had put out, a soccer mom, I think, of some sort. And she was ripping into the, uh, the the gay lesbian community in their attempt at trying to to gain self-acceptance in the public view. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that they're doing with regards to sexual education, for instance, mm-hmm. this particular woman was was extremely aggravated with the thinking that why would someone in drag, for instance, go into a school and start reading to a bunch of school kids. Mm. And the impression that I got from her was she was very homophobic and was very belligerent. Mm. And to the degree that, I mean, she was just full of judgments, full Mm. of judgments one after the other. Well, I reacted to that. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I I wrote back saying that, you know, I was telling the people on the blog, you might not like my approach here, but what I was trying to do was get her to understand that in one particular case, there was a, she was complaining about a, a little boy who had, who was at school and the teacher had allowed the, this child to go into the bathroom and come out as a girl. Mm-hmm. And apparently it traumatized all of the other students. Mm-hmm. Well, 
this woman was hell bent on just condemning this poor child with no consideration, no compassion for the child that what was that child experiencing? What trauma was this child experiencing that it had no other recourse but to do what it did? By going in, changing, you know, changing um, into girls' clothing and coming out. There was no compassion at all for any of what she was judging. And as I've said before, judgments, it's not discernment. Judgments say it's always going to be, it's never going to change. And this is what she was, I was trying to get her to look at this. Well, it backfired. Mm-hmm. And she started accusing me of being the problem. Mm. And that's when I recognized that what I was seeing in her could very well be very real, but I was still holding on to the judgments myself. And until right. I released my own judgments against her, any attempt by me was going to receive that back. Yep. And that's where I think – and Ron, that, that's a great example. I, I think that's where from my perspective, I know for myself – when I you had mentioned earlier about you know gratitude removing angst and frustration mm-hmm. and and that's kind of where I move into I know for myself personally there are certain things based on my own judgments that I have not yet had the capacity to release in my evolution and my expansion and I, I know they're there sometimes I'm I'm not as aware of them as I should be but generally when I feel that you know the hair on the back of my neck go up and I'm feeling a little bit of fuming I can feel the blood pressure rising and I'm not being my highest self mm-hmm. one of the things that I try diligently to move to is within this moment right here and now what is it I can be grateful for and if I can manage and I I don't always do it but if I can manage to move my focus into gratitude in the moment, I am amazed at how expansive I become in being less judgmental of that around me and that within me. So for me, gratitude, even, even at the smallest degree, breaks down that barrier within me and I believe within others. Even if it's a, a small little fragment, I can actually feel it and I can feel that blood pressure going down. I can feel the hair on the backs of my neck going back down and it's not from a haircut. (laughs) But, you know, that moment where I think, you know what, if I can bring love and Martin, you often talk about and we all talk about coming from your heart center and much of gratitude is about that and if and when. I focus on moving into that in those moments of frustration and preconceived judgments and anger and angst and all of those things, I can actually feel my body move into a greater expansion and I can actually feel the ripple effect around me, not only within myself moving outward, but also those in reaction to me. Mm-hmm. I, just to complete the story, I just want to – when I could see that the discourse between the two of us was going to get out of hand, so to speak, right? So I began to instead, whenever she threw a huge criticism at me, a response back at me, I liked her criticism, mm-hmm. which I'm sure confused her to no end. But what it, <laughs> But what it did for me was that it put me in a state of gratitude for something that I was resisting on wanting to learn 
And yet I knew I needed to learn it because it was coming back. No matter how crazy it was, it was still coming back from someone else as a judgment against me. So it was like, okay, there's something here that I'm still needing to understand about myself. If I was completely free of judgments, what I would have said would never have triggered the kind of response in this other woman. So when I started to like her comments back at me, indicating that I approved of her outburst and her anger against me, it was amazing. Within four back and forth comments and whatnot, there was a sense of resolution between the two of us. Nice. Not complete, but enough that we could let it go and we could continue pondering on our own. Well, you know. And that's where. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Martin. That's all right. You know, I, I, you hit the nail on the head. It's all about judgment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is that famous Bible quote, judge not lest ye be judged. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that it is coming up more and more these days. And one thing I find kind of interesting is that I look at and observe that the right wing Christian groups are feeling more pressure that people are against mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And... I would honestly say that that's because a lot of them put out a lot of judgments. So they're being judged back, and they don't like it. Mm-hmm. And it's the judgments that's causing the problems on both sides. The Christians may be judging, but and, and based on a false understanding of reality. Right. But the people who are looking at that going, oh, those Christians, oh, my God, they're so judgmental. Those are the same them. people are judging. Exactly. Are, yeah. They're seeing in them what they have not wanted to see yet in themselves. Yep. And that's why I said there's judgments on both sides. In, yeah. the, in, in part and parcel, that's where labeling becomes so mm. nonproductive yep. in so many ways, right? Because when we start labeling, we, we then we have a label and then we have a judgment that goes with that label. And that is so nonproductive. And that's where I think – Gratitude has no label. You can be grateful for soap. You can be grateful for the love of a friend. You can be grateful for your breath right now because there are many that don't have it. You can be grateful for things like our arms to hug, our our voice to speak. For those that are blind, they're, they're thankful for their sense of smell to smell and see beyond that. So I, I feel that, that that's why for me great gratitude is so empowering because there are no limitations and there are no labels. And being grateful in, in, the, in the circumstance that I incurred in, it's not so much that I was – originally I was determined to try to get her to see a different point of view. Mm-hmm. Now when I look at that, it's like, uh, no, this is not going to work unless she's inviting – it with a question with regards to what am I doing wrong? Mm. If she's adamant that she is correct, there is no amount of me trying to justify or do mental gymnastics with her that's going to convince her otherwise. No, exactly. So being appreciative of her because I'm fe- I'm being triggered myself. Just saying thank you. You've shown me something in myself that I was needing to look at. That's that's as far as as I should I could have taken it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did try to go a little further, but it's only in retrospect again that I realized I had no business trying to really really convince her because she wasn't in in a state of mind that would have appreciated it. 
Yep. And I could very, I could have very well have pushed her into what I've in the past called the gap, mm-hmm. where she would be so enraged that she could do harm to somebody. Yep. And it was a good self reflection for yourself too. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. This is, this is the oh, thing, cool. and you just so eloquently pointed out with that story, Mom, that when we see things that we get angry at or we're opposed to or we don't agree with or whatever way you want to go with it, it is always an unloving stance. It is always mm-hmm. brings anger, brings fear, brings you know all this stuff. We can do, as you said, all the mental gymnastics we want around it. But really, it's a gift, as you discovered, and I know you know, because it tells us about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And for that, it's a blessing. And for that, it's a gift. And it's not about what they're saying. It's about what it makes you realize about yourself. Yes. And it's not up to us to change anyone or Mm -hmm. judge anyone. It's up to us to look at ourselves and go, okay. Absolutely. What's going on in me? This is what I find that's it is fascinating, is that so many people. You see, I wasn't seeing that I was still holding judgments with regards to what she was judging. Now, good people, often very, very good people, I find very much a lot of sympathy for them. But a lot of times, their hidden judgments are so well disguised that. They're, they're feeling that they have to be good, good, good all the time. Mm-hmm. And that they're, and anytime, um, anything negative comes up, it's like, it scares the Bee Gees out of them. I've got to be even more better. I've got to be better. I've got to be good. I've got to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of really beautiful, wonderful, good people out there that still have a huge block of judgments still within themselves because whenever they're, whenever something like this happens, They'll get triggered themselves, but then they will say, oh, my God, that's not very spiritual. They're going to bury it again, and it's like a catch-22. It's very difficult to catch yourself in the act of doing that, let alone even find it when it's so so cleverly hidden from yourself. Yeah. I usually usually find that there's always things that can come up in people's lives that show what's really going on underneath that they're not looking at, and – I find that's true for almost anybody. And luckily, we're more and more of us are coming out of that. But it, it is so true. I have often said to people in my life, my test on myself is, what would I do if I had ultimate power? And I remember that every once in a while and take a day thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And I realized through the day that, ooh, you'd really do that? <laughs> oh, boy, do you some work on there. <laughs> because it's it's controlling people, manipulating things. It's Things come up. And I find it's a great exercise for me to look at what I'm still not looking at. <laughs> yeah. And that would, that's an indication of just how much lost will we all have yep. with regard to, to the fear of mm-hmm. what we might do. The fear that if, if we were to honor free will, which is what basically we were given, mm-hmm. if we were to truly to honor that, there's a lot, a huge number of people who would say, Oh yeah, but there'd be chaos. We need the rules and regulations, and it's only because they they have not developed their will and their ability to feel every situation mm-hmm. in order to get the appropriate response. This is one of the reasons why we have so many laws in on our books today. Oh, yeah. Laws we have laws about everything, and it's because we do not trust our divine will enough to be correct because. We've been given wills in order to ascertain what is the correct course of action with everything that comes to us. 
yeah. when you have so much de- de- denied will um, and lost will, you don't trust your feelings. And so then we're building laws to try to, try to cover every scenario that we can possibly encounter. If we continue down that, we're going to have billions of books and billions of laws that are going to try to cover each and every scenario. And, and that will further push us away from using and trusting our feeling body, in, which is what we need to develop. Well, laws are only used to distill fear into people because if you mm-hmm. do this, then this is going to happen to you. And it's the fear of that cotton happening that deters people to a point. Obviously, not many people anymore, but it does deter some people. I like, I like what you said, though, Martin, with, with respect to the idea of the little exercise that you do should you get into some sort of state of power. Right. And when you think about at the top of the hour when you talked about the fall equinox mm. and reflection, I thought that was so beautifully sort of connected to one another mm-hmm. was that moment of – Hey, Martin's got this exercise that he does, and that's a point of reflection that says, "Here we are in the fall equinox." And, and how are you feeling about that? What, what would what would Martin's exercise feel like to you, mm-hmm. as our listeners? No, but it's true. I find any little exercise you can do like that that brings awareness to you about what you're really like, hidden, you know, as it's hidden from you for most of the time, is always mm-hmm. a good exercise. What you have hidden. Is going to make you uncomfortable. Oh, I'm it's shocked not, at what it, I come up. This is what. This oh, is why sure. I've often said. That's why I've often said entering, forgiving yourself is like entering the fires of self-forgiveness. The fires indicating that it's going to feel uncomfortable at first, yeah. because there's going to be a sense of humiliation yeah. that you've been doing something or you've been avoiding something, and in your avoidance, you could very well have been hurting people without even recognizing so. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of recognition, but that that's where the healing is. What Martin says, that's where the healing truly begins, is when you get to know who you are. Yeah. I mean, let's put it this way: when I do that and I clear something else that I didn't recognize mm-hmm. and managed to get rid of it, boy, am I grateful because I feel so yeah. much better. They energetically yes. balance everything. It's just like, oh. For, and for me, oh, there's, yeah. there, there's a weight that's lifted. Yeah. There's a set. There, there is. It's incremental, but you can feel it. There's a sense of freedom that comes from that. That you're no longer sh- shackled to your judgments. Yeah, exactly. No, for sure. And that's one thing I can say about all of that. We can. That's something we can certainly be very grateful for. Yes. <laughs> Personally, here, here. I'm very Amen. grateful for it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So I think for many of us, at least for myself, becoming consciously aware of what we're thinking. We've talked a little bit about judgments. We've talked a lot about emotion with respect to feeling frazzled or feeling angst. And this is the time to truly bring gratitude into our lives. And at this time, with the fall equinox being here, time of reflection, new beginnings, And believe me, folks, um, trust me or not, we've given you some great examples of where gratitude can truly bring you to the next level of awareness and openness. When you do that, it comes back tenfold. It truly does. Yeah. One of the things that I said, you know, that Thanksgiving is a busy holiday. So Thanksgiving has become more of a rush around hectic time. And it doesn't give you time to reflect, sit back and do much of giving gratitude or towards giving gratitude or any of that. 
So that's one of the reasons saying, well, use this day, the fall equinox or something close to it, to actually use that day for that reflection. And take the next Saturday, Sunday, what have you, and use it to be what we all say we want Thanksgiving to be about, which is mm -hmm. giving thanks and, and thinking about why we're thankful. Just because we have Thanksgiving doesn't mean you have to disrupt everyone's lives of what they're used to on that day. Use another day. And that's why I think the equinox is a perfect time and a perfect reminder for us every year to use a day around that time to move into what we all quite often say Thanksgiving should be about. <laughs> and, and actually, Martin, I think you brought up a really good point in that what if you are at work? How many of us are really comfortable? And I don't know the answer for this. So it's just I'm posing a question to all of our listeners. How many of us are really comfortable giving gratitude to loved ones? and those we care for and those that we're in constant contact in our family and friendship circles, maybe you're at work and maybe you're not feeling that connection. I might suggest at this point in time that this is a really good opportunity to bring gratitude to the table mm -hmm. because you would be amazed at how much you can forge many of those relationships, work relationships forward to more collaboration, more understanding, or thinking that you're looking for a common goal as opposed to siloed thinking. So I encourage you, as, as Martin said, you know what, whatever this day falls on, use that opportunity to bring gratitude into your life. And I'd love to hear, and I, I, I know the guys would, how it works for you, how you feel it works out. And one thing I want to be clear about, it's not... I will give thanks so that I will get something. That's not how it works, folks. Sorry. It's not how it works. No you conditions gotta, here. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to really feel it in your heart. And I'll tell you, uh, I've been working at this a long time with my, my two awesome mentors, Ron and Martin. It wasn't day one that I went, oh, I give thanks for the roof over my head and my life was rosy. It's not how it works. Life is not rosy. Life life has a lot of things in front of us. And they're put in front of us to learn more and more lessons and to expand further and further. My belief is in gra giving gratitude for those opportunities. As I said earlier, sometimes when there's things that don't work out so great, it was often find, hard to find or difficult to find things to be grateful for. As I moved into a further expansion, I now find things to be grateful for in and of them. I may not be grateful. You know, if, if someone loses their job tomorrow through a restructure, no one's going to sit back and say, hey, thanks for letting me lose my job and I'm having difficulty, you know, providing for my family. Absolutely not. In this instance, and this is a tough one, thank you for this opportunity to find new ways in which to forge through to support my family and to further move my creativity and to follow my passions, whatever they happen to be. And I know that's a stretch, folks. I've, I've been restructured a number of times. So I say this from the bottom of my heart. Been there. It's not like I'm on the outside looking in saying, oh, you know what? If this ever happened to me, this is what I would think. I have actually been there. I would say if I can share this with you, it does make a difference because I'll tell you where I've landed is 
way better and way more expansive than I was where I didn't land. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 sorry, go ahead, Ron. I heard okay, that. I was just going to. I was just going to bring, bring in in the in the previous shows. We were talking about how important these days during these times of changes to always be in the present moment because in the present moment is where you have your power it's where ah, you, yes. you have your power to do anything and the moment you you are outside the present moment you lose that ability to do anything there's no power now i also said that present moment in the power is also where the heart is mm-hmm. now with gratitude, when you think about gratitude, this also is an act of bringing you into the present moment because it's not saying, oh, when I was gratitude for something that occurred to me 10 years ago. No, usually you're, you, when you're saying what your gratitude or what you're feeling gratitude about is something that is immediately present in your life in the moment. Mm-hmm. So what I like about this act of gratitude is that it prepares the heart. Mm-hmm. It begins to stoke the heart with regards to feeling the the unconditional love that is supposed to be generated in the heart. Well, this gratitude can add immeasurably to that feeling oh, yeah. because Ron, it is also an act that is in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Ron, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to say this because I am completely guilty of almost my entire life not being good at living in the present and you just hit something that just resonated with me and perhaps that's why I've gravitated so much so towards gratitude because for me living in the present moment has always been difficult I've never been good at it as I started to expand and started to become more aware and got really comfortable with my my closeness and my bond with gratitude. I just didn't, I don't think I connected the two before. Thank you, thank you very well, very much. Most people who do not do the work on themselves, who do not do the spiritual work, will always find it very difficult to remain in the present, because this is also where your authentic self resides. Mm-hmm. So if you're not prepared to see yourself in with all the veils down and to see right. exactly what you look like, you're going to want to avoid being in the present moment. Uh-huh. So yeah. this is another reason why the, the people who are doing the work will be able to maintain being in the present moment because they're liking themselves more and more and more. And this is where they get that reflection from. Yep. Very good points. Now, I'm going to digress a little bit. Go ahead. Go for it. Uh, because I think you covered off that between you very well, so I have nothing further to add other than wonderful. <laughs> One of the things I mentioned in my list was getting out and putting your feet on the ground. Ah, uh, yes. And it's interesting that we've you've said that a lot, Karen. We've all sort of put it in forever on the programs. But I came across two articles the other day. The two articles that came up to me in that hour were both scientific studies of people who got outside and put their bare feet on the ground. Ah, uh, yes. And they found that if people did that regularly, that within three weeks, their stress was down, their electrolytes were up, the antioxidants were up, and they have a theory that it they, they actually come from Mother Earth through our feet to us, mm-hmm. the antioxidants mm-hmm. and everything else. So they're actually seeing that there is an actual physical change 
in our systems by connecting our cells, touching my feet or what have you, to Mother Earth. And they're saying the benefits are phenomenal. And they actually think it's a very good way to get rid of a lot of problems people have physically and in balance in their systems and everything by doing that. Oh, and yes, yes. It was yes, interesting yes. that two different studies came up with that conclusion. So, Martin, I thought this was, and you guys know me very, very well, and mm-hmm. I call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. I thought all of this was bunk at yes. one point in time. <laughs> yep. And I went through a very difficult time a number of years ago, and uh, my two mentors said, get your feet out there, mm-hmm. put your bare feet on Mother Earth. Yep. And I, I'm not really good with standing on, you know, where people might have, like for dogs, and I love dogs. You can do it on your lawn. Where they might have peed or pooed or whatever. Mm-hmm. But folks, I, I went outside the front of my house, and I had my little dog beside me. And I stood there and I took off my flip flops Mm. and I thought, okay, I'm just going to just move into this Mm -hmm. and bear with me, folks. It was the most amazing feeling. Mm -hmm. And I I encourage each and every one of you to try it. And I'd love to hear back because I was Mm -hmm. skeptical. Mm -hmm. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I was skeptical. And I put my feet down on the ground and I started to meditate with deep breathing that Ron and Martin often talk about and that. And I just put my feet down and I could feel Mother Earth breathing into me. In other words, I was not standing on quicksand, but for moments, for seconds, split seconds, I could feel Mother Earth massaging my feet. I could feel the ground maneuvering underneath me. And I'm not exaggerating, folks. I'm the most highly skeptical person you will ever meet. Prior to learning about expansion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. becoming aware and becoming more spiritual. So I just wanted to share that because you two gentlemen put me on to this and Martin, that's great. Like, I mean, whatever white paper said that, mm. it's absolutely true. Yeah. There is real life experience that say this is real. Well, the mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. thing there, and I'll add one little more thing to it. They did a study of people's bare feet on the ground and, of course, plastic flip-flops and rubber flip-flops and the rubber and all the fake materials all right it. yes oh yeah but what doesn't is if you wear leather sandals exactly. leather sandals apparently there was no difference leather they moccasins just, yeah wear your leather moccasins well like one of the indians always to the native americans exactly. oh is it yeah. the indigenous exactly. Okay. exactly exactly now mm-hmm. also with regards to the indigenous this was something that grandmother parisha had always taught about us uh taught us to to do again the bare feet yes absolutely essential you you have chakras in the bottoms of your feet that actually connect this is your conduit of energy that actually connects to the center of the planet which is where your everybody's 13th chakra resides and it is also where it is called the planetary bio interface network this is how you commune with the planet the planet she she is a part of us she she's a living entity and is a part of us and not only do we recognize her as the mother earth meaning that she's a female oriented planet but it's it is apparently and I've heard this from a few sources, it is the primary female planet in the cosmos. Mm-hmm. This is where the mother of everything resides with regards to the, 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 the energetic magnetics and the emotions of all of creation. 
So one of the things Grandmother Parisha would have us do, especially after we would we would often do, you know, our monthly uh, sacred rock lodges. Um, some people would call them sweat lodges. Um, and there would be tremendous healing. Sometimes I would come out of those sweat those 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 rock lodges and I would still be shaking from the release of emotion. Grandmother would often say, put your heart to the earth now. And I would find there what my heartbeat would connect with the heartbeat of the planet. Mm -hmm. And there was a synchronization that would happen. Negative emotions to the planet are an indication that you're recognizing your healing. Mm. And she would gladly take those horrible thoughts that you're having and return them, return them for you back to God in order for them to be regenerated back into love. I think too, Ron, and that's that's a beautiful story. I, I think that much of what you're saying and what Grandmother Prisha had had spoken about just tells us all the more why we should be taking care of Mother Earth, yes. mm-hmm. so yes, that yes. we can feel comfortable to go and lie out on the grass. Mm-hmm. And well, with all that we have done to her, she still loves the human race. Yeah. Yes. But do you ever you recognize? I think most people recognize that when you look at those films and scenes that people just revere, people walking along a beach barefoot, yes, people walking through a field of flowers, they're all people putting their feet in a stream. You know, they're all yeah. barefoot and they're all yes. human contact with Mother Earth, and we yes. all revere them as the best thing to happen. Yes. And there's a reason for that. It's because it is one of the best mm-hmm. things you can do. And that mm-hmm. we intuitively know it because we look at them, oh, isn't that nice? Or, oh, I'd love to be there. You know intuitively that it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Always, always so grateful for the beauty that Mother Earth provides us. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. The, the sunsets, the, the, the waterfalls, the lakes, the trees, all of what nature can provide. It fills me sometimes with wonder and just loving gratitude. We have an obligation to take care of that. And I'm not sure that we've done a mildly. mildly. I mean, I, I remember raising my daughter and going into a sandbox. And when you live in the city, a sandbox should be able to give her the same joy that we're all speaking of. Yeah. And yet we had to be worried about tin cans, broken glass, needles. Mm. Shouldn't have to worry about that. We need to take care of Mother Earth because Mother Earth takes care of us. Mm -hmm. Whether we recognize it or not. Or not. So very interesting. You know, it's, and that's something else to be grateful for. And that's, that's another way on the fall equinox we can get out there and do something that moves us into a state of gratitude that actually it's reverse moves us into a state of gratitude, which moves us into balance. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and it's not a hard thing to do. It really and add, even having gratitude for the animal kingdom, for instance, in the city, we have many animals, squirrels and birds that often get killed on the streets. Oh, don't, don't talk about and, Martin about a squirrel or an animal. <laughs> <laughs> and 
one of the things that I was taught to do would be to sprinkle some cornmeal on the animal and remove it from the pavement mm. and put it next to Mother Earth. That pavement is man-made and is a barrier between it's, – it's like what Martin was saying with regards to plastic souls. It, it will not allow that animal to go gracefully back into the body of Mother Earth. So I would naturally take the animal off the, off the, off the road and place it at least somewhere on, the, on natural earth. So that it can it can um, it can go back into and decompose back into the body of Mother Earth. Right. Um, also, with with gratitude and with love. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I mean, it, if you, if you're if it's really mangled, you may want you may want to take a shovel, or you may want to take a piece of paper, or even wear get some gloves before you do that in order to you know to be safe about you know the removal of such things, but. One of the things that she did say, because grandmother could also see uh, etheric energies, was that sometimes when these animals would get hit on the side of the road, they didn't even know that they were dead. And every time a car would go by, they would reenact being hit over and over and over and over again. Mm. So this was another reason why she said, have gratitude for the animal kingdom. Be grateful for what they offer and show some respect and remove them and put them aside. Don't leave them, you know, on, on the side of the road. And then in your heart, do a little ceremony and, mm-hmm. and request that some, some angel, some, some spirit form come and assist this, this animal if its spirit is attached to this physical body and is having a difficult time transitioning. Mm-hmm. Very good. All good stuff, you know. All things we can be grateful for that we do or can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, these, are, uh, these are all acts that will put gratitude back into your heart and prepare your heart yeah. to, to harbor the kind of unconditional love we all are thirsting for so strongly. Yes, yes. Those are all loving actions. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're preparing the heart is what I and said with, And they're without judgment. And you're right. Yeah. Both of you, as we've spoken, it's difficult to remove those judgments. We all have them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we still get to work towards it every day. Part of part of the fall equinox, when I think of new beginnings, is it's a new day. You get to make a new start. Yesterday is already gone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you so still take accountability and responsibility for whatever went on in the past, mm-hmm. but you don't need to live there. You get to visit there. You get to make amends for sure. Mm-hmm. Got and in some, cases, in some cases, people even will use it in order to release any guilt that they might have. And we've often said that guilt is not loving in the first place, but it, it is also something that is not the easiest to get out of your field, your org field, this, right. this, this attachment of guilt. But on, on, on these days, people in their state of, of gratitude have a tendency to let go of the guilt. Um, and their guilting, guilt feelings. And indeed, Karen, they do, in a sense, start a new beginning. They do. And, but I want to make clear, and I agree with you completely, Ron. I just want to make clear that, at least from my perspective, getting rid of guilt, yeah, absolutely. But people are still, when we think about the 31 expressions of love, there's still accountability and responsibility. And we still have oh, a yeah. partner responsibility for yeah. that Absolutely. but you can you can do that without guilt yeah mm-hmm. well if you, as i said before though if you feel if you're feeling guilty about it there is no compassion going towards what you're targeting 
Exactly. So guilt is not a loving thing. And most people still think that guilt is in substitution for God's wisdom. And it's not. Guilt is not loving, period. The one good thing that I always say about the fall equinox and giving thanks and taking that time to give thanks is if you use a day to do anything we've been talking about from coming from your heart and giving gratitude and moving into balance, you will Mm -hmm. find that when you do that for a day, that it doesn't go away. You Mm -hmm. will want to do it more. Yes. And it Mm -hmm. is that day of doing it that leads you there. One little two-minute thing of it doesn't move you there. It is taking the time to do it that will then every day make you go, I should get gratitude for that. That was really nice. That was, you know, thanks and all so on and so forth. As you do it for a long period of time like that, it moves it into consistency with Mm -hmm. who you're becoming. And that is very important. Well, and I've often suggested, and we've talked about this before, but that is, you know, put a little recipe card or, you know, a post-it note or something beside your bedside table. Mm -hmm. And before you go to bed, write down three things that you're grateful for. In the morning, look at them and reflect upon them and give gratitude. Add one, add two, add three, however it moves you. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing your acts of gratitude... Focus also, pay attention to what, to how it is making you feel. Mm-hmm. Martin, you were very right. A lot of people don't allow time in order to integrate that feeling of joy and satisfaction when they're doing it. They'll say, well, that's interesting. And then they'll, they'll forget about it. Mm-hmm. But emotions do take time. They're not the same as thoughts. Thoughts are instantaneous. Whereas emotions, they take a little time to, pro- to progressively get integrated into your system. So if you pay attention to how you're feeling when you're doing this, you will, as Wood Martin was saying, that sense of joy will have you coming back for to do more acts of gratitude because you will be remembering how it made you feel. Yep. And I hate to say it, but on that note, we're at the end of the program. Oh, we goodness. literally do not even have a minute left. So I will just say... Please feel free to go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Sovereign Self, because we'd love to hear your comments. And as Karen said, give us your thoughts on all this. And I would like to thank our host radio network, Law of Attraction Radio Network. And beyond that, I wish you all an absolutely fabulous week. And love yourselves tremendously. You deserve it. Have a gracious week, folks. Much love. Thank you for listening to The Sovereign Self. We will be back with another show that will celebrate the beauty and perseverance of you and your sovereign self. If you would like more information or to send questions to Martin, Karen or Ron, please go to their Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash sovereign self. See you next week.